Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. So glad you're here. Thank you for watching online if you're with us. And we've been talking about gritful. And I want to talk to you today about how to get grit or how to get grit full. Grit is not something that you're born with. Grit is something that you have to be very intentional about. I believe that grit is one of the things that's missing in our country today. I believe it's one of the things that's missing in a lot of people's lives today because you don't get grit by living by default. You get grit by choosing to live a life by design. And so I want to just start with the scripture that is our core scripture for the year, this year of transformation. And it's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and this is in the the English Standard Version. And here's what it says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Nobody can do this for you. Only you can present yourself, spirit, soul, and body to God. Only you can decide to give your life to God. Only you can decide that you want God to be in control. Only you can decide to live in such a way that does not prove your way, but that proves God's way. The Bible goes on to say this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I wanna just pause right here for a minute and say, while life is not about you, life is dependent upon you. And what's so important is that you understand that grit is one of those things that most of us do not understand Grit is not something that you're just born with. It's not a personality characteristic. In fact, the Bible is very clear. This is a do not and a do in one scripture. The Bible is not about a bunch of do nots. In fact, God wants you to know that his word says that I can do, you can do all things that you decide to do through Christ who's your strength. So while some people have had a church experience or they've had an experience with God and they they feel like, man, he's a do not God. God is not a do not God. In fact, God has given you your free will. And what's important for you to understand is only you can steer your will power. Some people say, they default to this, they say, I just don't have any will power. No, you do have will power. You've just decided not to use your will power to have will power. 
So some people are, I can't do people. They're, I will not do people. And yet they want great things to happen to them in life, but everything that they want great is somewhere out there. It's like a friend of mine, Brian Tracy, who I've shared the platform with, I can't even tell you, over a hundred times. Has, has, he said it this way, he says, some people move to a place called Someday Isle. Like someday I'll, hey, someday I'll get there. Someday I'll, and they live on someday I'll. They move to someday I'll and they never get off. And I want you to get this revelation because it is a revelation. Do not be conformed to this world. So by default, conformed means if you um, understand anything about construction or like even um, if, you're, if you're laying concrete, there are forms that are made by, by wood, two by fours, four by fours. Uh, there, there are forms that are made that form the concrete. This is, this is what we've got to understand. Do not be conformed to this world. Most of us, by default, we're conformed to our whiteness. We're conformed to our blackness. We're conformed to our gender. We're conformed to our ethnicity. We're conformed to our nationality as Americans. We're conformed sometimes by being Southerners or Northerners or somewhere in between. And yet the Bible says, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to this world. But until you intentionally decide by design, here's how I'm going to live your natural defaults will cause you to be conformed. Actually, the personality that God has given you could be something that you conform to. Well, it's just the way I am as a person. You knew that when you married me. You knew what I was like. And so they conform to not the best part of themselves, but to the worst part of themselves. And yet the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, do not be conformed to the thought patterns of this world, do not be conformed. And let me just say up front, let me just say up front, I'm not gonna respond to the election until December 14th. Now, some of you, you, you may not, you may uh, come to our church, you may be newer in our church, you may think, I talk a lot about politics, I, or, or I'm on this side, or I'm on that side. Uh, I'm a spiritual leader. I have been most of my life, most of my awareness. From the time I went to the altar as a nine-year-old boy and was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ began to be formed in me. And because of that, I have a different kind of worldview. I see situations and circumstances and people through as much as possible through a biblical worldview. So I wanna give you some insight, especially in this in this season of America, and you hear me talk about certain things, and you might think I'm just talking as a Republican or as a conservative, which I am both of those, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I align more with the policies of the Republican Party, and I am a conservative because I'm a Bible-believing, spirit-filled believer, and so I, that's who I am. So, yet, if you're, if you're on the other side of it, that's fine. We welcome you, we bless you, we thank you that you're here. But, but, but I want you to understand something that it's not just because of my alignment with policies that I think are more biblical than not biblical, 
But I've been wired this way for a long time. So Pastor Precious, come on up here and grab a microphone and just stand right, just stand right down here if you would. Uh, and uh, I want her to tell you a story that you never heard. Uh, I was 16 years old. The year was 1976. We were into the first year of our dating relationship. And I called her one night and I'll let her tell you the story. So obviously at that age, we're not able to vote. So for me, I was very much involved in my world and what I was doing, and that was being with girlfriends, cheerleading, and could care less about anything related to politics. That was like for all the big and older people that had other things that they didn't enjoy, and politics was their thing, whatever. <laughs> I'm just too much in my world and having fun. So one day he calls me emotional, almost in tears, I need to meet with you, I need to talk to you right now, I need you to ask your mom, would she allow me to come over? Because he didn't, wasn't able to come over during the week because he could only come over on the weekends. And so I, I said, hang on. So I asked my mom, my mom said, yes, that's fine. So he says, it's only just gonna be a short time, it's not gonna take long. So he comes to the door, I'm just thinking, did something happen with his family? What tragic thing has happened? So he knocks on the door, I open the door. He's like, I need you to come. I need you to sit on the couch right now. And I, you know, we've got to pray. We are in desperate times. I'm like, oh my goodness, what? What desperate times? He said, right now, Jimmy Carter, he possibly could become president. And what I heard in my mind, because this is how extreme it was, because I'm thinking, what? Who? Who's, who's Jimmy Carter? Who's, who's running for president? <laughs> it's like what I heard, he obviously didn't say this, but it could have been this extreme in my own mind. Uh, if he gets president, the communists are going to take over. Okay, and so what I said. <laughs> he didn't say that. Okay, go ahead, hey, go ahead and stay up here for just a second. Okay. <laughs> so what I said was, if Jimmy Carter becomes president, America is going to move into the weakest time in American history. And those of you that lived through the Jimmy Carter administration, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. It had nothing to do with Democrat. It had nothing to do with Republican. It had to do with weakness. And what happened is, I won't even go into it, but I, it was spiritually, it was so heavy on me as a 16-year-old. Had nothing, I didn't, I didn't know the difference between a Republican and Democrat. And honestly, listen, to, listen very carefully to me what I'm going to say right now. I don't care about that. I don't care what the Democrats believe and I don't care what the Republicans believe. Here's what I care about. As close to the Bible as I can vote, that's how I'm gonna vote. That's how I'm gonna align myself. So if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, it doesn't matter. It just happens to be in this season that the Republican party seems to line up from a policy standpoint doesn't mean everything's perfect, but with religious freedom, with the protection of the unborn, and just with things that I go, yes, 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 that's easy, that's easy for me to go, okay. Doesn't mean the other issues don't matter, doesn't mean any of that. But again, here's the thing. I was so passionate with her, what was the next thing that we did? So we uh, knelt down by the side of the couch and we began to pray. So here I am at 60, almost 61, and if you hear me go there, like I've gone the past couple of weeks, just know this, I'm not going there from a politician standpoint, although I'd make a pretty good, pretty good one if I decided to go that way. Probably wouldn't get in office because I'd make so many people mad. Donald Trump thinks he's made people mad. They hadn't seen me yet. Anyway, but the truth is, uh, Pastor Sheila, 
is it's been in me a long time because as a spiritual leader, and even back then we were dating, as I was leading you, as I was leading us, there was a spiritual sense in me that knew about direction. I didn't know it was a prophetic gift back then, but I know that it is now. So thank you very much. But I just, I just wanted you to know, here's sweet little Sheila. Sweet little Sheila. What, 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 what? Jimmy Carter, who's Jimmy Carter? Oh, uh, what, what? And I'm like, we've got to pray. We've got to get on our face for God. We've got to seek God. She's like, okay. I'm kneeling down. We're, we're teenagers. So I just want you to know that has nothing to do with my politics. And it has everything to do with the spirit realm that we deal in and that I regularly deal in and the weight that I carry. So just know that that's why I'm going to wait because I feel like I know what's going to happen. But on December 14th, all of the world is gonna know what's gonna happen. And whatever happens, here's the bottom line, we win. You know why? Because my friend Michelle Brogan said it best this weekend in Freedom. She said, don't be the kind of person that's on the side of what if. What if this happens? Be on the side of life that says, even if. So it doesn't matter what happens, even if we win, because if the darkness gets darker, God's called us to be the light of the world and it's gonna get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. That's what's gonna happen. So just know that. Okay, so do not be conformed to this world. God says, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to the way white people, the way black people, the way Republicans, the way Democrats. Don't be conformed to the way Americans or Russians. Don't, don't be conformed to the way people are and the way people think. You know, uh, this next week is my mastermind week. We'll do six different masterminds. And, and uh, last week was an elite mastermind. The week before that was coaching calls with all the coach, people that I coach all, all around the world. And so I'm very, very busy in this season, but I want to say that I want to pause to say that part of, part of the reason I do this, this other thing that I've always done before I was a pastor is to help people to elevate their thinking so they can elevate their life. I feel like what God's anointed me to do is to get people in a room and to create a think tank for them that whatever they're thinking about that Hopefully God will give me some wisdom to help elevate their thinking, not because I think better than them, but because God has anointed me to help them think better about what they're thinking about. So I'm not gonna tell you what to think, but one of the predominant questions that we'll ask, and I say that for just a minute, because in the lobby, always on Mastermind Weekends, it happens once every six, six weeks, there's an opportunity for you, if you look at 2021 and say, I wanna take my life to, to the next level, give me a year to help you do that. There's some people sitting in this room, like my friend Rob, that have been with me since, since 2008, people that have built a $400 million company that I've had the privilege to be a part of and impart into, and not just be their pastor, but be, to be a coach and to be a voice into their life. There's other people sitting in this room that have been involved for a long time on that side of my life. Rod and I were in a relationship before we ever started this church. So that's, that's what I do for my real job. This is my fun job. But my real job is to help people that really do wanna take their life and their business and their thought processes because the only lid on your life is the way you think. 
they'll determine the way you be and they'll determine what you do and they will determine what you have. And so that's, that's part of what God's anointed me to do. So if you're interested in that and you think about 2021 and you wanna invest in yourself, then we, we have that available for you. And this week you can come be a guest and you can just come sit with people who are making a similar investment in themselves to, to grow themselves. So with that said, one of the predominant questions is I ask people, who taught you to think like you think? Because we've all been shaped or conformed in our thinking and we don't even realize it. There's just a way that we think based on the way we were raised. There's a way that we think based on what we've been exposed to or not been exposed to. So the limits that I have are always in the area of my thinking, always. And yet the Bible says, now watch this, this is a window for us who are not human beings having a spiritual experience, listen, but are spiritual beings having a human experience. So God says, I wanna show you something. You've gotta be the one that offer yourself, spirit, soul, and body as a living sacrifice to God. Okay, God, I give you my life. But then he goes on to say this now, here's a do not. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed. Wow, transformed, strong, powerful word. By how? The renewing of your mind. Not trans, listen now, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm walk on some thin ice. Not be transformed by the Bible. Not be transformed by going to church. Not be transformed by being a good person, being a do-gooder. But watch this be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is what makes the word of God important because this is the word of God. And we're in the house of God to be equipped and to learn and to grow and to develop. So he says, but be transformed on the inside so that you can learn that if you'll be transformed on the inside, that whatever happens on the outside has to conform to what happens to you on the inside, you're not conformed by what's happening on the outside. And yet, Michelle, we just went through freedom. And what can I say about every person in this room that's not some small, small child that may be in this room? We've all experienced some kind of trauma. I, I don't know what your trauma is. But we've all experienced, that's why we have freedom because we've all had some type of trauma. And what I got this weekend at freedom, I felt like the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. Here's what he said. Unhealed trauma leads to a lifetime of drama. I was sitting right up there just observing, praying. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, everybody here, but not just in this room, there were hundreds of people in the room, but every person in life has some kind of trauma that they have. And unless you get healed, that trauma will affect your drama. And then your mama's drama. If you don't fix your trauma and you got your drama and you and your mama's drama come together, you got some drama, mama. Listen now, don't be conformed to this world. You're gonna to have to get off your natural default. You're gonna to have to be intentional. You're gonna to have to make a decision that I'm not gonna be conformed 
to the image of this world. But I'm going to be transformed from the inside out so that what happens on the outside that I can't control, you see, I can control this. I can control my mind. I can control my will. I can control my emotions. I can control my attitude. But like, oh, that's my problem. I can't. That's why you need to be transformed. Because once you can, you won't have, you won't be fearful. You'll be gritful. So most of our trauma is on the outside. And yet what's happened on the outside in the family that we grew up in or, or in a, a divorce situation or in an abusive situation or, or in a sickness situation or in a financial loss situation, whatever the trauma is, it happens on the outside and the enemy of your soul wants you to think that you have no control over that and we allow what happens on the outside to affect us on the inside. And all of a sudden we're not living inside out, we're living outside in. And we can't figure out how we got in to the situation, into the mindset, into this season of our life. And I'm just telling you, it's because we allowed what we couldn't control to affect what we could control. And this is what God wants you to understand today. Are you ready for the wisdom of God? Do you sense the wisdom of God here today? Here's what God wants you to understand. What God wants you to understand is, first, you gotta do not. You, you gotta understand. What, what part of your thinking, what part of your being, what part of your doing has been conformed by this world? Because that's a do not. But be transformed by the renewing, watch this, the renewal of your mind. Listen to this now. This is the tough part. Is the scripture up there? Put the scripture up there. That by testing, wait, so be transformed by the renewal, that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let me, let me give you some revelation now. Too often times we don't realize, everybody here who calls themselves a believer, in fact, I'll just ask you a question. How many of you want the will of God for your life? So, so go back to that scripture again. Go back to that. That by testing, you may discern what the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So oftentimes people don't realize they have fear because the will of God is not happening in their life. They have, they have conflict on the inside because the will of God is not happening in their life. Why? Because for the will of God to begin so that I can discern what the will of God is, what my next step is, what my next level is. And by the way, let me give you some great news. God doesn't want you to go from worst to worst. He doesn't want you to go from gory to gory. He doesn't want you to go from bad to horrific. God wants you to go from glory to glory. And if you can get transformed on the inside, there is a power that comes upon you that the things on the outside have to submit to who you are and I know this is this is strong talk and it needs to be because you need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying don't be conformed to this world yeah but my dad didn't believe in me and he spoke bad things over me and my ex cursed me and my brothers and sisters hated me and I've been fired multiple times and I've lost multiple businesses don't be conformed to that. You see, just like it's your responsibility to present your body 
your soul, your spirit as, a, as an offering to God. He says, now that, now that you're mine and I'm yours, now don't be conformed anymore to this world, but be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. So you can, put it back up there, guys, begin to discern and know. Discern there means know what the will of God is. What is the will of God? What is good? What is acceptable? What's perfect? It gets better and better and better. Well, what is God's will for you? What is God's will for your marriage? What is God's will for your finances? What is God's will for your future? You will never know if you don't present yourself as a living sacrifice. God, I'm yours. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am, you can have it all. That's why we sing these songs. You can have it all, here I am. Only I can do that, only you can do that. Here I am, you can have it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, God. The past, the present and future, God. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all. Quit letting your past, quit letting the ugly, quit letting the trauma, quit letting the drama, quit letting the stuff conform you. God says, listen, the grit part of that is that you become transformed on the inside and there becomes a courageous disposition to face whatever you could not face yourself, but God is for you, so who can be against you? God is on your side, whom shall you fear? That's what grit is. It's not knowing more Bible than somebody else. It's not coming to church more than somebody else. It's not giving more than somebody else. Although those are all grit issues. But it's you on the inside deciding. I'm gonna be transformed by renewing my mind that by testing, I may discern what the will of the Lord is. And here's another scripture, Hebrews 10 verse 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So a couple of things. Let's just connect the dots. Only you can present yourself to God. Here I am. You can have it all. By the way, that's every day. It's not like, that's not like a one-time thing. God, you know. No, it's like God today, every day. Do you know that in this season of my life, Arthur, I worship to that song every day. Every day I'm worshiping that song. Here I am. God, you can have it all. Only I can do that. Only I can do that. Only you can do that. Say, God, okay, God, like all my, all my stuff, all my hurt, all my, whatever it is, God, you, you can have it all. God, you can have my heart. The Bible says when the heart of the king is in God's hands, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. He makes things happen that you could never make happen. In this season, that's a song that I'm worshiping to every day. You know why? Because I'm going through some stuff, y'all. The last four weeks I've woken up, I can't even hardly get out of bed. My kidneys are hurting so bad. 
I have no idea what's going on. I thought, what in the world? What in the world? Eating right, working out, exercising, doing all I can do. And I'm telling you, I get out of bed. I told Sheila, I said, my kidneys are hurting so bad. And so I've got this routine I do in the mornings to make it where it's not excruciating. I'm going, okay, I think this is going to pass. Maybe it's a kidney stone. Maybe it's a kidney infection. Maybe it's something worse. But here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. I've learned what I can do to push through it. That's the grit piece. And to be up here preaching to you today while I'm walking in pain. Here's what I want you to know. Some of you are walking around and you're living in your marriage and you're living in your life with a different kind of pain. But let me tell you what, 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 what grit is. Grit is no matter what the pain is, it's like, you know what, I'm going to do my part. Like I'm going to the doctor on Tuesday, so y'all can pray for me on Tuesday. I hope the doctor goes, I don't know what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Be a big boy. Pull your panties back up. I don't know. I, I, I hope that's what he says. But the bottom line is, Michelle, it's not what if for me. I have zero fear in that. I don't care what it is, even if whatever. You know why? Because God's for me, so who can be against me? Whatever my fight is. And I'm saying that to you too. You see, different ones, you have a different kind of fight. Some of you, it's a physical fight. Some of you, it's a financial fight. Some of you, it's a relational fight. Some of you, it's an internal fight. It's a fight with yourself. But watch this. We're transformed on the inside. And when something happens on the inside, change on the outside that was impossible becomes possible because with man, things are impossible. But here I am, and God says, all things are possible with me to them that believe. And I just stand in front of you today that somebody that's in pain, but I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. You see, here's the reality. We have to discern the will of God. And the only way I can know the will of God is getting grit in my test. Your test and your struggles and your trials and your pain, whatever it is, that is your test. That if you'll understand that, what does the Bible say again? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How? That the testing, that by testing, that you may discern what the will of God is that's good and acceptable and perfect. And then, by the way, you need to persevere. Keep on keeping on. And when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. Somebody put an amen on that. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 says it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. You know, we're all running in a race. Let me just pause right here and say this. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 says this. It says, we all run in a race. So if you're going to run in a race, and by the way, your race is your race. If you're going to run, go ahead and run so as to win. Don't just jog your race. Say, you know what? I'm going to win this thing. Is Eric Rona here? In this service, Eric Rona. He's at a competition. Okay, thank you. Because he's a, anyway. So Eric, when I first met Eric, uh, I met Eric, he was a nutritionist for my anti-aging doctor. 
And so I started going to an anti-aging doctor a long time ago because when you're going to live a long time, you better start preparing for your long life. And that's what I did. I don't wait till I get sick to go to the doctor. I only have to go to the doctor when I feel like I do right now. But other than that, man, I've, it's like I'm drawing my blood. I'm checking my blood. I'm checking my levels. I've been doing that ever since I was 47 years old. So it's like, hey, stay strong. Do what you can do. Fight the good fight. Anyway, I met Eric. So my first question to Eric was, uh, I, with all of the clients that you have and all the testing you're going to put me through, tell me what the best score is. He goes, okay. He goes, nobody's ever asked me that. I said, yeah, tell me what the best that everybody's done. And this is our first time we met. He didn't know anything about me. And so he told me all these levels. I said, okay, I'm ready. Every score, and they've been doing this for years. It's all over the world. Every score in my age category, I set the record. Now, why is that? Listen, I'm not saying to pat myself on the back and go, hey, look at me. Here's what I'm telling you. It doesn't matter what the test is, you have to decide who you're gonna be in the test. And what it did for me is I went, okay, that person hit that. So I'm just giving you a physical example, but that person hit that, so I know that I, I feel like I can do this. And I went beyond it. And again, I'm not saying that so you clap or so you'll think I'm egotistical. No, listen, none of that. I'm telling you that because that's how I approach test. I don't look at the test and I don't look at the trial and I don't look at the situation and go, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm having to go through this. Oh, this is just so hard. When is this gonna be over? I can't wait. No, the test, just like in school, the test was for you to go to the next grade. The test that you're in right now, the trial that you're in right now is the thing that's going to graduate you to the good things that God has for you in your next level. That's the transformation piece. So, so, everybody say this. Do your hands like this. Say, it's my race. I'm going to give it the best I've got because I've got one life on this side. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's agree with that. Amen. It's your race. It's my marriage. It's my career. It's my family. Let's go. Let's don't just be conformed. Let's don't just settle in. Let's don't do it by default. So I wrote these two leadershipologies this last week. You have to do more than just go get it. Go get what you want in life. You must go grit it. Like a lot of people say, hey, go get it, man. Go get it. No, 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 no. You're not going to get it. Go get it. You're not going to get it. You got to go grit it. You got you to you, you know, like everything that you want to achieve in life, Everything, doesn't matter what it is, everything you want to achieve in life is going to require more of you than where you are right now. And that's called grit. Grit is courageously doing what you don't want to do by paying the price to be who you want to be. I want you to leave that up there for a minute, guys. I want to ask you a question. Only you can answer the question. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Not who are you. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be as a man? Who do you want to be as a woman? Who do you want to be as a parent? Who do you want to be as a business person? Who do you want to be? I can't answer that question. All I can tell you is grit is courageously 
doing what you don't want to do by paying the price to be who you want to be. I can't, I can't make you decide to be somebody that you're not. You have to decide, this is who I want to be, so this is my price. And by the way, your price is your price. Nobody else can pay your price. So your grit is your grit. When Sheila and I were 23 and I sat down with her and I said, listen, I just want you to know, we're never going to live on more than 70% of our income. I was making a courageous decision. First of all, to set margins in our life. Secondly, to be a man of my word. So I said, this is how it's going to work. And again, this is like the Jimmy Carter talk. She's going, okay, well, yes, that's a, yeah, that sounds good. Like she had no idea the price we were both going to pay to live in these margins. So no matter how much money we ever make, we're never going to live on more than 70% of our income. Now we live on less than 20% of our income. But I said, we're never going to live on more than 70% of our income. And what we're going to do is we're going to give God the first 10% because that's his. Then we're going to seek to give up to 10% and over and above that. So she's going, okay. I said, then we're going to put back 10% in retirement and we're never going to touch it. We're 23 years old. So she's just like, oh, I go, how does that sound? She goes, that's great. I think that's awesome. Right? Well, she's going, good, perfect. By the time I was 40, I was a millionaire before I ever started this church. You know how I was a cash millionaire? By putting 10% back of all the stream in, of incomes I had into our retirement. I was a millionaire in retirement by the time I was 40. And I don't say it to pat myself on the back. I say, what do you want to be? What do you want to be in the future? You've got to courageously make decisions today so you can be that. So I, I never say that stuff to brag. Listen, I, I, I want to challenge you. I, I, want, I want you to understand this is the gift of God that hopefully in spite of myself, you can hear God for you to say, okay, here's what I want to be. And, and based on what I want to be, I've got to courageously do some things that I don't want to do. And I can tell you, there were some months and some years where, buddy, I didn't want to put 10% back. Because there was a trip I wanted to go on or something we wanted to do, but that meant it would have bought into that margin. So that year we didn't do the trip. Why? Because the margins had been set. So this is what I'm talking about. When I talk about grit being courageous, it's, it's courageously doing what you don't want to do, paying your price. Watch this, not to be better than anybody else, but to be the you that you want to be in the future. And as your teacher and as your coach and as your pastor and as a spiritual father voice in your life, I want to tell you some things from time to time that I've done that have actually worked, that it's a template for you, that if you'll do it, I promise you before God, if it worked for me, it'll work for you. It will. It will. So hear my heart on this. Who you want to be is very unique to you. And the price you pay to be that person is very unique to you. That's why you need grit. So what is grit? 
I like acrostics. You know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Y'all hear me every week, you know that. It's like you probably wonder, how'd that guy get to where he got? I mean, the grace of God and the wisdom of God. Because I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I was a C student for the most part. Sheila was summa cum laude. That's why I married her. I go, man, I got to hold on to somebody smart. And I did. And I was so smart, baby, I got you. That's, that's the smartest thing I ever did. It's the truth. And then talking you into having our children, that was the second smartest thing I ever did. Anyway, then talking you into this church, talking you into mortgaging our house and everything we'd saved for when we were 40 years old and saying, I feel like God's called me to build a church. And by the way, I got to put everything in our savings, which is a million dollars. Every house that we have, everything's going up to build this church. And just like Jimmy Carter, okay, all right, let's go. That, that means we might lose it all, Sheila. Oh, okay, okay. You know, it's, it's beautiful the way she is. Like, I wish I could be like that. Like, I'm just, I just don't have that kind of peace. It's like, I'm like, let's go, man. Yeah. She's like, okay. Like, what? What? It just blows me away. But anyway, the price that she has to pay is to live with me. Trust me. I'm like, I don't want to sound like the devil, but I'm like the cartoon character, Tasmanian devil. This is how you are, Michelle. Bless Alex Hart. I mean, she comes just, Alec, we got to do this. It's going to cost about $50,000. What in the world? Anyway, I know, I know. That's why I know her. Like I've seen her out there on the fields. Hey, Michelle, what are you sacrificing today to be everything you want to be? Everything. Me too. You feel like you're going crazy? Yes. I'm so far over the edge, my freak flag is up in the stratosphere. Anyway, I'm just being a little personal now. That was for Michelle, because she knows. So, so I like acrostics, because I'm, I'm, I'm a memorization guy. I've always applied the PEG method, and I've used my own 10 fingers as pegs to remember things. So like we, we developed what we call a 10 finger prayer. And by the way, if you ever want to know how to pray for me, and not that I would assume that you ever, <laughs> you ever do, but if you ever would like to pray for me, this is how you can pray for me. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, divine favor with God and man, health, right people, right place, right time, right things, and prosperity. Just pray those for me. That's a 10-finger prayer. By the way, you can get that. You can call our church. They'll give you the 10-finger prayer. Put it on your mirror. If you just pray those things over your life, you will win. And you don't have to spend a lot of time in prayer. It's, it's spiritual too. But if you're one of those people like me, I got the 10-finger prayer. Let's go, God. He goes, okay. What do you need today? Wisdom. What do you need today? Knowledge. What do you need today? Understanding. What do you need today? Favor with God and man. What do you need today? I need divine health. What do you need today? I need to meet the right people in the right place at the right time so the right things happen. And by the way, I need to prosper along the way. How many of you think that's a good prayer? All right. So I, I, be I believe in that. All right. So even our kids to this day, to this day, Chuck, when our kids pray for their food, Josh, pray for our food. God, give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding, divine favor with God and man. Thank you for this food. That's their first prayer, because that's why you raised them. So with that, here's my, here's my acrostic for grit to help you remember. The G is grow better no matter. Grow better no matter. 
not what if, Michelle, but even if. Even if, hey, doesn't matter. Even if I'm going to grow better. I'm going to grow better, watch this, than my worst problem. I'm going to grow better than my worst prognosis. The R is rebound. When you get knocked down, rebound. That's one of the things I, I love about basketball. I was a basketball player. Wasn't a great basketball player, but I was good enough to get a college scholarship. And I'm great with my right hand buddy. You know this. We played on a church league together. I'm great with my right hand. My left hand is like a girl that's not an athlete. There are girls that are athletes that are amazing. But if you've ever seen a girl that's not an athlete throw a ball, that's how my left hand is. I mean, my left hand is like, I don't know what it is. It's like my right brain. I don't know. It's weird, the weirdest thing. It's like I'd take the ball, I'd go left hand, I'd go, come on, you can do it. Bounce, bounce, don't lose it. Anyway, so I got, I got chucked where I could dunk with both, with both my left hand and my right hand. Okay, so that was a pretty good accomplishment. But not in a game, but in practice, it was impressive. So, but anyway, nonetheless, I was hard, but I liked, I liked the fact that a ball would rebound. Like Dennis Rodman, some of you know that name. I know Rod knows that name, but he was Rod's original partner. It's called Rodman Corporation. Dennis Rodman, how, how much of your company did he own initially? 51% Dennis Rodman was, uh, was this young kid who was, uh, went to Oklahoma, Southeastern Oklahoma as a basketball player and uh, lived with a farmer while he was doing that and uh, met Rod and the farmer's son and they started a company called Rodman that became the largest employer in Frisco, Texas. Dennis Rodman, for what was his original investment? $20,000 on 51% of their company that became a $400 million company. Anyway, along the way, they managed to buy him out. But the thing about Dennis Rodman was, he was not a great basketball player, but he was a great rebounder. And I was a pretty good rebounder. Like I could, I could, I was a pretty good rebounder. I wasn't a great basketball player. But rebound, watch this. How long does it take you to get up when you've been knocked down? I'm going to tell you all a quick little Josh story. Josh is taking a little time off because we made him. You see, if Josh didn't take time off, he's like, his, his mind, his, his head will explode. Some of y'all are like that. Some of y'all need to take some time off because your head is going to explode. Josh has this thing. It's, I call it the Albert Einstein. It's like, and if I ever see him go, Okay, son, take the day off. Anyway, so, so he's resting today if you're watching, son, which I know you're not. Anyway, that's what's funny. He's, he's away from church. It's the last thing he wants to do. I'll say, if he's ever off, I'll go, Josh, you watch service? Uh, no, sir. I go, of course you didn't. Anyway, so, but if you're watching, son, you remember this story. So Josh comes to me. Josh is the sweetest. He's just the sweetest. Just really very, very sweet. And uh, just like his mom's very, you know, okay, Jimmy Carter, hey, okay. <laughs> anyway, so he goes, Dad, I want to play football. I went, you know, I don't want to go, oh, no, son, you will get killed. You will get killed. He goes, no, I really want to play. So I go, well, if he's going to play, I'm going I'm to coach. Well, first time he got hit, he was on the ground going, oh, I go, son, I told you, man, I don't, the reason I played basketball and I didn't play football, I don't care how big I am, I do not like to get hit. I said, that's why in a fight, I'm going to always win because I'm going to take the first punch. I'm not going to wait and go, oh, bam. I'm like, oh, we're fighting. Because oh. I don't like, I, like hitting, getting hit is, it hurts me. Anyway, so, so I said, I said, now, 
how do you feel? Do you want to be a football player? I don't want to play football. I go, okay, come on, let's go home. So anyway, uh, so, but I wanted, to, I wanted to be there the first time he got hit because I knew. I go, now you got to get up, son. Oh, I don't think I can get up. And I thought, oh, you're going to get up. Anyway, here's the point. The great thing about pain, everybody listen to me now. How many of you have been some, through some very painful things in your life? Let me just see your hands. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. The great thing about pain is pain becomes grit when you learn how to be better in spite of the pain. Pain becomes a loss when you're afraid of pain. But when you experience pain that you've inflicted on yourself, this is the great thing about working out, by the way. A lot of you don't work out because it's just hard. It's just painful. But when you, when you inflict pain on your body, the pain that comes into your body that you can't control doesn't hurt as bad. And so just know this. If you've gone through something very traumatic, don't let that trauma lead to drama. Let that trauma know I'm still standing. I might still have some pain, but God will use your pain for somebody else's gain. That's what'll happen, not your drama to mess them up. All right. Third thing is indomitable spirit. What do I mean with that? I mean, I'm in a never quit spirit. I mean, I'm just saying, just deciding. I, I, like, like, let me ask you a question. Dave Stroud, are you in here? Somebody go find Dave. Go find him, buddy. He's somewhere out smoking, doing something. But go find, go find Pastor, go find Pastor Dave and tell him to get in here. Put his cigarette out before he comes. But anyway, here's the thing. I can't remember why I asked him to come in here now. Yeah, thank you. What was I saying, baby? Coach me, yeah. Show me your notes. I'm just kidding. But here's here's what I want to say to you. Oh, okay, I, I remember why. Get David here quick before I forget again. Okay. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. And you may not be able to answer it, but I want you to ask this question for yourself. What does it take? Thank you, David. Come here quickly, please. If y'all smell cigarette smoke, don't hold it against him. Just come on down here, Dave. I'm going to ask you a question, but I want you to ask this question to yourself. What in your life has happened that's introduced you to your quit? Because we've all had something that's caused us to quit. So David, in sales, which you and I deal with people, we coach people all the time. The average salesperson, let's just do it real quick. You got it, you got it handy? Or do you know it? Because we've talked about it. Okay. So the, David, David was a senior VP for Lee Hector Harrison, which is the largest leadership development company in the world. And about 10 years ago, he joined me to help coach people. But David, the average salesperson quits when? Uh, 44%. You got it turned on? Yes, Okay. 44% of all salespeople quit after their first call on someone. Okay, listen very carefully. 44% of people who are sales, by the way, you're all in sales, quit after their first call and somebody says no. So just round it off to 50%. Okay, continue. So um, 
the average sale takes at least five connections by a salesperson. So just because somebody says no once, you've got to get in your mind, I need five more times that I'm going to have to be willing to, told, to be told no. And at the, at the fifth time, it, that's when the sale is made. It, yeah, on, on average. average. On, on average. average. So thank you, David. And yes, sir. Carry on. Go do whatever you were doing. All so right. David, David. <laughs> <laughs> David will be in the lobby at the end of the service if you're interested in being a guest with our mastermind. Go up and talk to him. But if you sign up to be there this week, we're going to make a space for you. I'm going to ask you to come because we don't play with this. It's something I promise you a year from now, your life will be completely different and it'll, it, and it'll, it'll change and grow. But, but indomitable spirit is the same. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Y'all listen to me. Not your daddy's spirit, not your mama's spirit, not your broken spirit, but the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that dwells in you. And if he came out of the grave, there's nothing that can hold you down. There's nothing that can hold you back. There's nobody that can hold you back. Your past can't hold you back. The devil can't hold you back. Nothing can hold you back. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's what grit is. That's what an indomitable spirit is. And then I wanna close with this. Tenacious practice. Tenacious practice. Doing hard things. William James is one of my favorite practitioners of all time as far as my own personal study. Here's what he said. Everybody ought to do at least two things each day that he hates to do just for practice. Unlike my friend Jason Poston who's here who obviously enjoys working out. He is a fitness guy. He, 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 that's what he does. Follow him on Instagram. It's amazing what he does. He obviously enjoys it. Jason, honestly, I have never enjoyed one workout. I go into my gym and I go, okay, body, we're getting ready to get it on. You just better get ready because I'm about to inflict some serious pain on your body. My spirit and my emotions talk to my body. Some of you don't realize, it's not that I'm schizophrenic all the way, but some of you don't realize that your spirit man, watch this, can tell your body what it's going to do. I'm telling my kidneys, I don't care what you feel like we're gonna preach today. I don't care what you feel like we're getting out of bed. I want you to tell your condition, I want your spirit and your emotions not to be governed by what your physical body is doing but by you speaking those things that are not and getting some grit and saying here's what we're going to do this body is a temple of God this body is given to me to serve me to serve God body you don't have a choice I've made the choice I'm just about through I hope this is speaking to you One scripture and then a poem that I wrote this week. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true. That means not fake. Noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, Watch this now. 
filling your minds and meditating on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. And then the Bible says, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized, do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Amen. All right. Here's a poem for you about grit. I call it the indispensable quality of grit. Everyone has gifts that God has given to them. Gifts that become talents, abilities, that become competencies to help them win. Every person must discover, develop, and deploy what God has blessed them with so that when problems arise, we can quickly shift. Shift happens before we see the curve. Things happen in us and to us that sometimes we don't deserve. What we thought was going to happen did not come to pass. We not only did not come in first place, but we found ourselves in last. What more is needed that my talents and abilities cannot supply? When life doesn't seem to work and I fail every time I try. What do I do when I find myself at the end of a rope without a knot? How should I respond when I've given life my best shot? The hard things you will face actually reveal answers in your hand. It's the irritant in the oyster. It's a little grain of sand. Pearls don't just happen because of a goal or a dream the oyster had. Pearls happen because something good is made possible by something bad. Irritants, problems, and struggles of life reveal to us that talents and abilities will not alleviate our strife. There is something more that every person must decide whether to keep on going or to run and hide. That something is grit. It's your grain of sand. It's the choice when you fall to take a stand. It's knowing who you are is more important than what you do. It's who you decide to be that will ultimately get you through. It's about growing better than what's growing worse. Grit is about changing the story by writing a new verse. It's about being indomitable in an abominable situation. Grit is about changing the impossible to possible because of inward transformation. Grit is a decision to live inside out. It's making your life what you want it to be about. It's your purpose fueled by passion, a spirit that never quits. The one quality you need to win, family, is the indispensable quality of grit. And that's my assignment, is to give you some grit. Father, I just ask that as we get this revelation that we'll understand we're not born with it. We're not born with a don't quit attitude. We're not born with a, I'm gonna grow better than what's happening that's worse. We're not 
not born with an instinctive ability to just decide to do something impossible. But God, through transformation, through being changed more in your likeness and your image, if you are our father and you are God and we are your sons and we are your daughters in this earth, that makes us God-like. So Lord, I pray that every person here will get armed in the next few weeks with the grit that they need to make happen what they see as possible. I pray God that every person will be inspired to be the who they decide to be and want to be in the future. And that with grit, they will courageously begin to sometimes do what they don't want to do so that they can be the who that they see themselves as being. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a second, if you're here, and I wanna just tell you the greatest thing you can do is to have spiritual grit. You know what spiritual grit is? Spiritual grit is when you know your life is not right with God and you say, I don't wanna do it my way anymore. I wanna do it God's way. And the Bible says that God so loved you that he sent his son Jesus and Jesus died on a cross and with every bit of grit that the son of God had, his hands were nailed to the cross, his feet were nailed to the cross, his side was pierced, his back was beaten, he was crowned with a crown of thorns. With every bit of grit, when he even felt like quitting, he said, if this cup can pass from me, God, let it pass, but not my will, but thine be done. God, I thank you for that grit of your son, our savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for paying the price that you paid with your life so that we could live a life more abundantly for you. You see, it takes spiritual grit to choose to follow God. It takes spiritual grit to deal with your own pride of doing things your own way. It takes spiritual grit to make a true decision to be a Christ follower. It takes grit to put God first in your life and put God first with your finances. It takes courage, it takes trust, it takes grit. And if you're here and you say, I know I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm not living the God first life. If that's you, nobody looking around, you just say, I wanna get the grit I need today to make that decision to, be the person that God wants me to be and I'm not. If that's you on the count of three, nobody looking around, it's between you and God. I'm looking because I want to see you. But if that's you on the count of three, you slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, all over this place. Just lift up your hands. Yes, yes, I see your hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, I see your hands. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now, let's courageously pray this prayer together. Everybody say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, everybody say it with me. You don't have to say it loud. Just say it out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, where I've missed it, where I've done life my own way. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. I don't wanna miss the mark. I wanna be the person that God wants me to be. So from this day forward, I ask you God, <laughs> 
to help me to be everything that you want me to be. And with every bit of grit I have, I decide to follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. In your name I pray. Would you give those people that prayed that prayer a big hand? Come on, all across this place, amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.